Welcome to Beaver Lodge Alliance's sermon podcast. We're so glad to join you. This is the latest sermon. We pray that you would receive encouragement, exhortation, and that Jesus would speak to you through this sermon. Enjoy. Well, I'm excited to introduce our speaker today. I've had the privilege of getting to know Ian Penner over these last two years. He and Erilyn, his wife, have been a part of our Connect group um, for the last two years. Something that I appreciate so much in Ian is that when he sees areas that he can contribute his gifts and his person to, he doesn't hesitate to offer. He's a part of several community boards. He uh, helps with the um, organization of the Pioneer Horse Camps. And he's been a youth volunteer here for the past year. His thoughtful engagement and evaluation of conversations and ideas always leaves me feeling like I've been heard and really considered. He pairs his deep feelings with his attention to detail and structure in a beautiful way that, connect, that reflects the character of God. He is an absolutely delightful, fun person to know and to have as a friend. I'm excited for him to share his sermon about church and its cross-generational beauty. Let's welcome Ian Penner. And just before you get into it, Ian, I'd love to pray for you. That'd be great. Thank you for Ian and his willingness to step into all that you've called him to do. And Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you would flood his um, whole being, that your peace, boldness, and strength would just fill him right now. And may you open our eyes and ears to hear what you are saying through Ian today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Amy. That was really generous of you. Today is a great day. So as Pastor Amy introduced, my name is Ian Penner, and I have the honor of speaking with you this morning. My family has been a part of this community for two years, and when Pastor Greg invited me to share a message with the church, I considered it an opportunity to both share something that's been on my heart and also give a chance for you guys to get to know me a little better. So hopefully there'll be some stories intertwined in my message this morning. Amy already shared the title, but the title is The Church, Cross-Generational Beauty. I'm going to talk about the importance of gathering together as a community and specifically look at it in the context of youth today. By the end of this, you'll kind of gather that youth is a bit of a passion for me. So I'm going to ask and hopefully answer two questions. First, what do youth in our community value? And second, how do we connect with them? My desire is that we will all better appreciate the attributes of different generations and let this shape our interactions as a community. On May 22nd, Pastor Nate preached an excellent message on the church. I'm not going to recap it here, but you can go home and watch that service online. But one of his points is really foundational. Nate discussed the root word of the New Testament word for church, that being the Greek word ecclesia, and how this actually describes the the people, not the building. Strong's Concordance defines it as church, 
congregation, assembly, or a group of people gathered together. If you aren't familiar with a concordance, it's an alphabetical list of the words in a text. It's kind of like pressing Control-F and using the find function on a computer. So Strong's Concordance is special <laughs> because Strong's Concordance is special because it, in addition to English, it also has a listing for Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, the original languages of the Bible. And it provides definitions for each of those words. All in all, it's, it's a great study resource. So I, I have to share this story. I actually had a hard time finding my concordance when I was preparing this message. I, it's the biggest book I own. It's quite large, thick, and I should have been able to find it. It should have been obvious. I looked on my bookshelf. I looked in my office. Just couldn't figure out where it was. Finally, I, I sat down at my computer, kind of a little bit defeated, and, and I looked at my desk, and there it was. Under my laptop, propping it up, giving it three extra inches. <laughs> it's been sitting there for years, so clearly I don't use it very often. So if you have your Bibles with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I will be focusing on verses 24 and 25 this morning, but... Let's start reading in verse 19 to add some context. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In verse 25, the writer gives a directive, a directive to meet together, or in the no double negative of the text, to not neglect meeting together. The Greek word for meeting together is the one Greek word, episunagoge. If ecclesia, the church, is a noun, then episunagoge would be a verb. Think of the noun creation and the verb create. You can't have a creation unless it's first created, unless someone creates it. Similarly, we can't have ecclesia, we can't have the church unless we gather together, unless we episunagoge. Now, if you're watching online and maybe feeling convicted, let me be clear, no one here is judging you. There's incredible value in having online services. And Yet it can't replace the community, the shared community that we experience when we're present Sunday morning. It's unique. It's special. A few weeks ago, there was a Sunday service here that looked different. Pastor Greg called it worship without singing. But since we still sang a couple of a cappella songs, maybe we, we should call it worship without music. The neat thing about the service, though, was in the middle, 
everyone left for the foyer. We had coffee and donuts. I might have had four. <laughs> Some things I noticed was since it was during the service, I was able to have conversations with folks who generally leave right after the service concludes. I share this because I think this is one of the aspects of actively participating in a community. It's by engaging conversationally as a church family. And this is a great point for all of us to consider as we're all given this directive to participate in church community. Now, I want to look closer at the generational convergence that we experience in church. If you look around this morning, and I encourage you to maybe take a moment to actually do that, you'll see every generation represented in this room. In our society, we tend to silo ourselves into our peer groups. And as a church, generally speaking, this can become a bit of a place of tension because we're all here. Think of this boomer-millennial dichotomy that has developed in Western culture. Now, I've never seen this in Beaver Lodge Alliance Church, so I'm not trying to condemn anyone here. I'm just setting the stage for what I think is a real and powerful opportunity that the church universally, and specifically this church here, has before us. I think if we look at the common values held by a specific generation, we see a reflection of the image of God. I won't touch every generation this morning, but let's start with the baby boomer generation. Baby boomers are generally between the age of 58 and 73. When I think of baby boomers, two ideas come to mind. One is loyalty, and the other is strong work ethic. Let me read a piece of scripture from James chapter 2. Verse 14, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed, and lacking in daily food, and one of them says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also by itself, if, it, if faith, if, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I think this passage helps frame part of God's nature that is reflected in boomers. Something that came out of this generation was the golden age of church programs. They really sought to be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's been this long-standing movement now in the church to, to go beyond programming. But this is a piece of history that was important for engaging as a community. And we really need to celebrate it. Now, I'm a millennial. I'm on the other end of this dichotomy I, I mentioned. I was born at the end of the millennial generation, and this generation has specifically been heavily researched, the most in history. And some valuable information can be derived from this research. It can help explain some of the experiences of the church in recent decades. Two key values commonly held by millennials are this idea of experience or experiential learning, and authenticity. I found this quote 
that I think accurately describes my generation. Millennials want to experience something genuine and incredible. They want to build lasting memories. As I read this quote, I'm brought back to the Gospels, and I can see how Jesus connects this way. If you will, imagine with me some of the disciples as millennials. This might be a bit of a stretch for some, but think of particularly Peter and Andrew as I read this passage from Matthew chapter 4. While walking by the sea, he, Jesus, saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. When I read this, I see Jesus offering an adventure to these young fishermen. He is providing them with authentic experience. The church, as in the universal church, has offered this to millennials in two distinct ways. You might have already guessed, but programming wasn't one of them. Hemorrhaging Faith was a research project released about 10 years ago by James Penner. Its goal was to answer the question, why are millennials leaving the church? You can make this question more relevant today by asking, it, by asking the question, why did they leave? One of the key findings from the research actually revealed why millennials stayed in the church. They stayed because they had a meaningful spiritual encounter at either summer camp or on a short-term missions trip. They had an authentic experience with Jesus and real people. And that became the foundation for their continued participation in the body of Christ. The assembly. They continued to episunagogate, to actively gather based on having this encounter. This was actually huge in my life. I had a meaningful spiritual encounters at both camp and on short-term missions. Growing up, I was super involved in Camp Wapiti. It all started when Pastor Randy, the family pastor at my childhood church, asked 12-year-old Ian to come junior council at day camp. I was able to go last minute and ended up being with him as the lead counselor in the in the tent. This experience was pivotal in my life. I was able to serve in a meaningful way. It was also the first opportunity I had to lead. Through continued authenticity, Randy became one of the most significant pastoral relationships in my life. Several years later, Randy baptized me. Just a couple weeks before I went to Rwanda on a missions trip with my dad. This was, again, a last-minute thing, probably because I'm a penner. <laughs> but, but also because I just had this odd nudging that I needed to be baptized before I went on the trip. It turned out that while attending a church service in Rwanda, they were taking communion. And in order to take communion there, they required that you be baptized. 
I was just blown away. Because if I hadn't, well, it would have caused an awkward situation. Or either I didn't take communion, or I lied. Can you see the problem there? <laughs> While this was only a single encounter, it was meaningful, authentic, and something I could tangibly experience. This was because I knew that I had heard the voice of God. It was relevant and personal, which meant that God is relevant and personal to my life. He knows me, and I can experience meaningful relationship with him. Now, I've talked about two generations, and I don't actually want to focus on them, but allow their, their history to set the stage for what is to come. Millennials are actually getting kind of old now. I know some of you might not agree with me, but most of them are in their 30s, and some of them are actually hitting 40, so they're at least middle-aged. We're not talking about boomers this now. <laughs> but, but, you know, the world is still transfixed on boomers. Or, sorry, the world is still transfixed on millennials. You're transfixed on boomers. <laughs> and it's for good reason. Millennials are the largest voting bloc. They're at the peak of their consumption. And so business, politics, media, they want to understand them. But what's great is the church is different. I did a little bit of digging and discovered that surveys in the U.S. and the U.K. indicate that between 85 and 95 percent of Christians accept faith before the age of 18. We will continue to see people saved at all ages, and we're going to celebrate each and every one. There is, however, a unique opportunity to facilitate connection, relationship, between Jesus and youth and kids in our community. Not millennials, but the generations that are coming after them. Generation Z and Alpha Generation. Our mission statement at Beaver Lodge Alliance Church is we exist to know the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known. This is part of the nature and purpose of this assembly, of this body of believers. Our youth today are at the confluence of Generation Z and Alpha Generation, and this church is uniquely positioned to reach them. But it won't look the same as before. We aren't going to reach youth by returning to the church programming era. The boomers did that so well. Nor are they going to desire to be in the body because of an experience like millennials, which has honestly actually kind of surprised me. No, in order to facilitate relationships with youth and Jesus, we need to first know what this generation values. But what do they value? I've been pondering this question for a while. And finally this spring I realized they just need to be asked. Conveniently the next week, Pastor Nate was unable to make youth group. And he asked me to do the study. I did follow his instructions, but... <laughs> Some of them seem surprised. <laughs> I did follow the instructions, but I also took the opportunity to survey them. There were about 30 kids that night, and so this was a meaningful sample, especially for the Beaver Lodge community. I gave them each a piece of paper, and I asked them to listen as I read out a list of about 40 different commonly held values. 
Each of them wrote down their top three or so, and their collective top three are really fascinating. Over half said their top value is friendship or relationships. And then creativity and compassion were, in a, were each identified by a third of the group. Let me read some scripture. John 15, 12 to 15. While Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. And then Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Matthew 14.14. When he, Jesus, went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. He healed their sick. And Luke 17.13. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and he said to her, do not weep. He then proceeded to raise her son from the dead. Isn't that incredible? The way God has designed this new generation to foster an aspect of his nature that is unique and different from those who are older. They value friendship. Friendship that is built on compassion. And these friendships will thrive in an environment that fosters creativity. Boomers showed faith in action. Millennials sought an authentic experience of God. Generation Z, they're looking for a meaningful friendship where there's freedom to be creative in a community that models compassion. These youth will find that community exists. If they don't, they'll make it. But will they find it here? What an opportunity we have to reflect Jesus and engage with youth and kids. Today's youth will desire to actively participate, to episunagoge in the church, in this church, if the faith community reflects Jesus and his nature in this way. And I invite you to consider how does this community, how does Beaver Lodge Alliance Church genuinely develop into a community that invites these youth and kids to belong where they want to actively participate. This last year as a youth leader, my goal had been to develop credibility with these kids. I didn't really know them. And you know, credibility is just my word, my unique word for authenticity. I was looking at it through the lens of a millennial. Turns out they're just looking for friends. And I'm so grateful that friendships developed this last year. I thought it would take me developing some sort of street cred with youth. It turns out they just need us to show up and talk with them. Not to them, but with them. Now, I invite you as members of this body to also make friends with the youth in our community. In your community. How can you befriend this next generation? Show them and their friends compassion and help them foster creativity. If we as a community establish this as foundational, 
we will, well, we will see fruit. And in Jesus' words, our fruit should abide. Let me read Jesus' words from John 15 again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. I'll finish with a story. In the spring, I went with some of the youth to DTP, or Disturbing the Peace. It's an interchurch youth conference put on by the youth pastors in the area. I actually understand that Pastor Greg was part of starting it some 15 or 20 years ago. Like a typical youth weekend, we stayed up late, slept on the floor of a church, and connected as a group whether listening to speakers or worshiping or just hanging out between sessions. Something struck me that weekend. I was carrying around a small backpack. It held my Bible, a notebook, a plethora of colored pens. But there was lots of room in it. As the weekend went on, it became a bit of a communal storage area. The first youth probably asked to put a hoodie in it. But before long, I'd just be standing talking to someone, and one of the youth would come up and start rooting through my backpack, pull, putting stuff in, pulling stuff out. There were water bottles, glasses, phones, pocket knives, you name it. I didn't really do anything. I was just there, available, with a backpack. But they freely used it. I think because we'd hung out every Wednesday night for the past winter, they were my friends. And I was theirs. And sometimes, friendship can be that simple. Thank you very much. So, what backpack do you carry around with you? What do you have that will help to connect you to this next generation? It's not much. It's what you've got in your hand, and it's showing up. So I challenge you this week, even this week, show up to see how you can show up in the life of a youth or someone that's younger than you. Maybe the boomers need to connect with the millennials. Maybe we need some grandparents to connect into the youth. How can you show up this week? What an amazing message. Thank you so much, Ian. That was fantastic. You spoke God's word to our hearts. So let me pray a blessing, benediction over all of you. If you just put yourself in a receiving posture. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless your church, your ecclesia, where the people have episonagage together. They have gathered together to be your church. Would you bless your church right now, Jesus Christ, with a fresh filling of your spirit, that we would be filled to overflowing that as we stand before you with our backpacks, whatever is in our hand, 
as we stand before you with whatever you're going to use in us to reach this next generation. Lord, would you bless us? Would you encourage us? Would you strengthen us, equip us, and empower us to do what you've called us to do? That your kingdom, God, would not just be of the boomers, would not just be of the millennials, would be of this next generation, Lord, that would rise up and take their place as a part of the kingdom of God, that they would learn what it is like to be your friend, Jesus, to walk side by side with you and to know you for all of eternity. And so we give you honor and glory and praise today, Jesus, Father, and Holy Spirit. We ask that you would lead us and guide us this week, then the weeks and the months to come, that we would continue to press in, that each of us would press into what you've called us to do and build up your kingdom throughout the generations. We love you, Jesus. We thank you and pray these things in your powerful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information about us or find out ways to contact us, visit our website at www.beaverlodgealliancechurch.com. We pray today that you would experience the love, presence, and power of Jesus Christ and then make him known.